Okay, hello again, everybody. So we got another awesome movie to talk about with you guys today. So um, I decided, you know, last week we talked about a movie that kind of flew a little bit under the radar, didn't make, didn't do great at the box office, but kind of has a following. Uh, this is another film based on a really big property, um, based on the novels, or I guess you could say really it's like pulp novels of okay. Edgar Rice Burroughs, the John Carter series, John Carter of Mars, the Princess of Mars, stuff like that. Um, and yeah, so so this is, we're going to review John Carter from 2012, the Disney film that was directed by Andrew Stanton, who is one of, one of the founding members, what they call, they call them the brain trust of Pixar. Uh, so these guys are basically collectively responsible for creating Toy Story and creating um, A Bug's Life and um, all of the, the films that we know and love Pixar for, basically. Um, and so, yeah, Andrew Stanton, he directed A Bug's Life. He directed WALL-E, I believe, was like the big one and, and Finding Nemo. So this is a guy who like has a very strong pedigree, at least in the animated sphere, right? I mean, I think WALL-E is one of the greatest films I've ever seen. I love that movie. I saw it in theaters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was blown away because like the first, what, 30 minutes, 40 minutes is like a silent film. Mm-hmm. It's just him. Just, yeah. Moving it's just his little. Yeah. Yeah. And then we learned to love this robot that doesn't talk or do anything. And he it's obsessed with plants. To. Exactly. He, he like doesn't, Wally doesn't yeah. even have to talk. Mm-hmm. Like, first of all, he's adorable. He's he so is adorable. Cute. He's got those big eyes. And like I read somewhere once that like big eyes on something is actually like a it's like a trigger for humans. Like yeah. it make it we find it very cute. Um <laughs> so he's got these big eyes and he's kind of a little rust bucket and he's just mosing he kinda hums. Wally has like these little Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, he's very organized. He likes things the way that he that they are. He's, you know, he has his little lunchbox almost that he carries around. Um, and it's just it's just cute. Like, there's just something Im- immediately likable about this tiny little robot who's just literally roaming around a city of trash. Yeah, and it's, he's so, like, the fact that you, you know, again, this is classic Pixar kind of stuff immediately make you empathize with this thing that is not human (laughs) that um but you immediately understand his world right he's a little trash compactor and but you know the 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 world that he exists in is like a post-apocalyptic yeah humans it's completely unlivable (laughs) everybody left Um, (laughs) but to him it's home and you know he lives in his little trailer and he's got his little trinkets and there's things that he find that he clearly um, emphasizes emphasizes are special to him. He even has a pet, like a little yeah, like has, thing that's running. Around. He even has a pet. It's a cockroach. Yeah, yeah, he's a pet cockroach. Yeah. They made cockroaches lovable. <laughs> yeah, a cockroach, like what well, we consider the most disgusting, you know, thing on the planet. Um, I actually took care of cockroaches in high school. It's a long story, but we did have two cockroaches in our science class. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. I mean, that's that's you know, again, they. They'll, when when the when the humans are gone, they'll still be here. They'll be around. You know, they are a very efficient creature. Um, but yeah, I just bring that up because, like, again, this guy has made some of the best films um, of all time, and this guy this guy knows how to do how to do story, how to create how to create good cinematic moments. 
Yeah. Um, and so Disney gave him the $260 million. Have fun. And, and yeah, and total control. And this is what we got. <laughs> so unfortunately, this film did not do well at the box office. Uh, it kind of tanked big time, like big time. They were saying uh, Disney lost like $200 million on this film, which is wow. That's and, a lot of money. And I read that a lot of that came down to how it was marketed or the fact that there was no, because I'm going to be honest, I remember seeing one trailer for this movie, one in months yeah. leading up to its release. And then that was it. I saw one yeah. trailer. I may have been like, I don't remember if I had already gone to the movies mm -hmm. and that's where I saw it or if I had seen, seen it just on Twitter and during, you know, my scrolling. But yeah, there was, <laughs> there was no marketing to this movie whatsoever. Yeah. And that was Andrew Stanton's choice. Mm -hmm. Oh, and originally he wanted to do like no name actors entirely, no marketing for the movie. Yeah, pretty much going against Oof. every Disney rule. Like Disney is known for you know casting some you know un unknowns every now and then, you know, but it has to be against a backdrop of stars. You know what I mean? Yes. We have to bring them in some way to see this new guy, and yeah, I just I felt I was when I read that I was like, why? <laughs> Did you not want people to see your movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the marketing was kind of exact because again, Mar like Disney has a really strong marketing team. They're known I for like blasting people with with their with their product. We find it know? annoying, but we go see it <laughs> because they're telling us to. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, I remember, you know, recently Mulan came out, and I think. Yeah, it was yeah. my other co-host. He was talking about, like, people he knew, like, his parents were like, oh, how can I watch Mulan? And, and, and you know, and that's it that just shows you, like, they have a direct funnel into people's brain with their marketing machine. Yeah. And if they want to just turn it on, they're going to – you're at least going to know about their movie. You may not like it or you may not be for you. You will know it exists, and that's a big part of the fight. Uh, but, yeah, I think people just basically didn't know what this film was. They didn't know what it was about. It's a very old property that I learned as well because I didn't know that it was so old. Like this is this is borderline ancient. <laughs> like, yes. As far, like we're in 2020 and what 1930s it came out or something like that. Well, so this film came out in 2012. They actually came out 100 years after what it was based on. Okay, so there you go. Like this is an extremely old property that I'm assuming does have some hardcore fans associated with it. I wouldn't know because it wasn't marketed, so nobody was excited about it. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, not to mention, I also read that most of the source material wasn't used um, from the original comic, not comics, uh, novels or pulp um, magazines or whatever. Um, but yeah, I just I I felt like they wanted it to just stand on its own merit. <laughs> yeah, but it didn't because nobody knew it was out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, there's a lot of problems, right? And I think we'll, when we get to the end, we'll talk about where we think this film might have gone wrong, where their planning may have been wrong, because Stanton said that he wanted to do a trilogy of these films. Um, yeah. Which I can kind of see. I can kind of see where he was trying to go. But, you know, this is kind of like the classic, you know, I, this kind of reminds me of in 2017 when they did The Mummy with Tom Cruise. That just blew up in their face and they were like oh yeah we're gonna have this universe where this johnny depp is gonna be this and he's gonna be that and this and that and then it's like oh the first movie sucked so that's dead yeah stop trying to restart the dark universe because yeah 
as much as Gamble del Toro will want us to believe everyone still loves monsters, I don't think anyone gives a shit about monster movies anymore. I mean, like, classic monster movies. Because the old ones are fine the way they are. They are good. Nobody is terrified by mummies. Like, anymore, mm, yeah. I feel like. I feel like it's <laughs> in the 1920s or 30s when that movie came out. People were still digging up mummies. Fresh mummies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Valley Kings was still, like, a novel thing. Yeah, yeah. People were still, like, stealing mummy shit and bringing it back to their palaces in the UK and shit. Like, it's not scary so anymore. True. I just don't... I've never found mummy scary, personally. Like, I love the movie The Mummy, obviously, with Brendan Fraser. That's a classic. But it's not scary yeah. because he's a mummy. <laughs> like... No. He has superpowers. <laughs> Like, yeah, it's scary because he can turn himself into a sand dune or something. It's scary yeah. because he's a giant sandstorm that can swallow a plane whole. Yeah. Like, like he can suck your life force from your body. That's why it's creepy. It's not mm -hmm. creepy because he's wrapped in freaking like cloth and. Yeah. <laughs> like, sorry, Boris. You had it's, your time. It's over. <laughs> it's just like if you think about like a mummy is just a bad zombie. It's just like it's just like a crappy take on a zombie. Right? Cut his freaking head off and call it a day. Yeah. I'm over it. I'm over dogs. I'm over mummies. They're not scary. Sorry yeah. to anyone out there who does have a phobia of mummies, but yeah, yeah. Oh um, yeah. So this movie, and you know, I, I also read like um, at one point they wanted to have uh, Robert Zemeckis do this film, yep. and he said, "There's no, no. point." George, George Lucas already basically took all the good stuff. Yeah. Maybe that's so what's the point a lot, of, a lot of the source material uh, maybe that's why because literally you know George Lucas had just pilfered everything yeah he, he took everything yeah I mean and you know this kind of like I it, it this happens like sometimes the cultural moment for a piece of art passes yes um and, and the other thing too is you know and, and again we'll come to this at the end but I, I feel like with this, you kind of have, I think you have to do a real adaptation. You have to do like, what does John Carter look like in the 21st century? Mm. If, if you could possibly do the world building the same way, where you could say like, you know, a 21st century person, like a person that we really connect with, not some, you know, as we'll see, John Carter is a, <laughs> is, is a, is, is a Confederate, ex-Confederate soldier. Um, instead of that, have some 21st century person get sent to Mars and it's like underground in Mars is this whole civilization that we can't see. And there's all these warring factions, you know, maybe yeah, something like that. Underground would have been so cool because like, obviously we know on the surface of Mars, hey, there's there's no nothing around, the yeah. party's over. Um, but then they would have receded back into like the core or something like that. That's yeah, where yeah, 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 yeah. Now and that's where like the battles continue to rage and maybe mm -hmm. there's a possibility of um, maybe someone's working on a way to regain uh, you know access to the to the surface and maybe we can find a way to save the the planet. Um, there's there's yeah it would I don't it's just the flashbacks or the 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 story of him you know looking for gold and stuff like that was kind of compelling. But I also was just kind of like, can we just get to Mars now? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, because look, we know what Mars looks like yeah. as 21st century. Like in 1915, they had no idea anything could be there. They had no idea. Like dot. they, yeah, it's just a little dot, and you just look at it in a telescope. Like we have had a rover on the planet. Nothing's there, right? Nothing's there. 
<laughs> but you know, uh, back then they had a more romantic vision of what could be on the moon, what could be on Mars, and these other Venus. Uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs also wrote some like sort of <laughs> similar fiction about people on Venus. And you know, yeah, that stuff is cool and romantic. But you know, for us, we we kind of we're a little bit more sophisticated in our understanding of the universe and our place in it. And yeah, it's like I know there's not eight foot tall, four armed aliens on the on Mars. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> oh man, I yeah. How, yeah. I love how everyone's just like thinks that he's so special because he can jump real high. It's like yeah, he can jump like that. I don't know if you ever watched Samurai jump. Jack. <laughs> yeah, jump. Um, but there's a moment in Samurai Jack when uh, I think it's Goku is the villain, and he's he says to Samurai Jack, he's like, "You can fly," and Jack's like, "No." <laughs> I can just jump really high. <laughs> God, I yeah. love Samurai Jack. Yeah. I mean, and John's like stronger because now he's on the moon and stuff like that. But, yeah. Yeah. but still, it's like he can just jump really, really high. That's a super. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, pretty much. He's just like jump and he's strong for whatever reason. Right. Okay. Well, so let's get into the plot of this film. Let's kind of <laughs> talk about this and then, yeah. you know. See see what we how we feel about everything. Um, so yeah, much like last week, the, this one has a kind of cool opening logo. So like they they had the Disney logo in like this you know the reddish orange hue, kind of like uh, kind of like Mars. So that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm, yeah, getting us ready. Uh, and then you know there's this voiceover from uh, what's his name? Um, oh. I forget, it's Willem Dafoe. Yeah, so Willem Dafoe, who plays an alien in this. So he's doing this kind of voiceover about like, oh, it's 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 the planet, the red planet Mars, it's called Barsoom. That's what we call it, us aliens. And, you know. I also really like that they have their own names for the for the planets, because they're like, it's they don't yes. just call it Earth, or they don't just call it Venus or Jupiter. They have their own little, um, their own little astrology thing going on or yeah. astronomy going on yeah. with it. I like that. Barsoom. That's pretty cool. I liked it. That is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget what they call earth. Uh, we'll probably come to that later. Jossum. Jossum. Yeah. You might be right. Jossum. Yeah. So the first thing we see in this movie um, is like a really cool airship battle. So there's these airships, and this is another thing too, right? Like, so they have advanced technology on the moon. It's not even like on Mars. I mean, it's not even like <laughs> they're just people there. They're people there, and they got these freaking like light ships or something. Yeah, like, I can't yeah, it's know like, if they travel by light or if they travel by. But I don't remember seeing a scene on this in this where it was there was too many nighttime scenes or anything. But yeah, they travel by light and by like air. Um, they don't have warp drive yet, but you know. Maybe they nope. never got there because we know that there's nothing on Mars now. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, that was kind of cool. I liked the design of it. it was, they're like crystallized almost. But, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was neat. Yeah, it had those like kind of solar sail looking things, like the, the wings. Um, they're kind of made out of glass. And yeah, there's these factions. One is blue, the other is red. And they're like, they're in this air battle. Um, I, I thought that scene was pretty cool. Like, I think the... I think the effects in this, especially like when you get into the airships and stuff like that, they're really well done. They're really well done. And you can tell the budget went to that and it really paid off. Yeah, um, I think I think they look pretty good. I think the movie in general looks pretty good. Um, but there's there's a lot to it at the same time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So then they're fighting and then uh, so basically we're we're 
following this guy, Sab Fan, who is um, who's played by Dominic West. I mean, most people know him because he was in The Wire, basically. I um, mean, he's done some other... Basically, after that, he just did a bunch of villain roles in films and other stuff. Yeah, he always kind of plays the same guy. What confused yeah. me, though, about this movie is that... So it starts with, like, I feel like we should be rooting for Sab Fan. It feels like we're supposed to be in the beginning, especially with the exposition given by the Willem Dafoe character or by the Willem <laughs> Dafoe voiceover. But then most of the ways, like, not, not even halfway through the film, they kind of flip it on you. Like, no, 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 those are the bad guys. These are the real good guys. And it's like, I feel like you should have set that up just a little bit better. Because <laughs> now I'm not sure who I'm supposed to be rooting for. It is a bit weird that they start with with him and and then, you know, so he gets into this fight and then he's about to lose. And then these some other people show up, three wise men looking people. Uh, and it's basically it's Mark Strong and two other bald dudes. It's just um, Mark Strong, basically. Yeah, <laughs> it's Mark Strong. Who, again, is another guy at this at this junction in his career was like typecast into playing these villains. So you're kind of like, OK, can't trust this guy. Exactly. And so then they give him this weapon, this this like crystalline weapon that projects this energy. Um, and then they basically tell him, hey, if you work for us, we'll allow you to rule Barsoom and, you know, just do what we tell you. And he's like, OK, the one crystal glove to rule them all. Yeah. 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 Um, but, you know, much like the ring, like you, you don't really control the ring. It controls you. Yeah, it controls you. Sar- Saruman controls the ring. Yeah, and that's another thing. Was he was he was he good before? Was it the crystal and the the immortal bald dudes who made him? <laughs> like, was he always bad? Who am I rooting for? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it, it it's a little muddled, and I don't really like the you know the those people that gave him the weapon. They're called like therns, is what they're called. I really don't like them as a villain. They just they just feel a little too much for me. They're like borderline Sith almost, but then they're not. They can they can They can do everything. They can they can can shapeshift. They can shapeshift. It seems like they could teleport. They can travel from Mars to freaking Earth seemingly with no issue whatsoever. And I never learn where their power comes from. Like maybe they were something up because i feel like yes they wanted this to be a franchise maybe that mm-hmm. was going, maybe that was just the setup but why like what are you who are you oh you've been around yeah, who are you dawn of the freaking universe cool and all you've been doing was just fucking with the little people this whole time like, yeah <laughs> what we learn later on is that they just exist to leech off of different civilizations until they collapse yeah, just take they, resources and then bounce and then go somewhere else yeah so is that what they're they get their Im- immortality from just from being I don't know, solar vampires or something. Like they're just yeah. just a bunch of bald dickheads. Is there more of them? Is there a planet of therns? Is Right. Or did they destroy their own planet and there's only Yeah, there's so many questions, right? Yeah. It's uh, who, what, where, when, why? Like mm-hmm. But overall, I don't really like them as a villain. I I I'm cool with the, you know, the humanoid um warlord on another planet being a villain. That you know, that's kind of a classic story thing like some some power monger guy meets up with our hero reluctant hero and they have to fight each other and then you know that makes sense but throwing in the weird alien shape-shifting teleporting infinite energy yeah i don't know (laughs) yeah and there's one part of this movie towards the end that really bugs me but like we'll get to that (laughs) this movie was two hours 
yeah this was a lot um so yeah so then we like go to john carter on earth and it's like the 1880s or something like that and so he he's dead um <clears throat> there's an intricate funeral for him they say that he's buried in a tomb and the only way no one can get in but but someone can get out you can unlock it from the inside which is weird and so yeah, then he didn't he want to give... be embalmed. He didn't want to have an autopsy. I'm like, okay, so he's not dead, is what you're telling me. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's some intricate thing to why? Well, we'll find out later. Um, and so he gives his estate and this journal of all of his stuff to Edgar Rice Burroughs, the actual person. The kid from the and... <laughs> Yeah. And then so um he, the the journal has all its adventures, and then Edgar Rice Burroughs start reading it, and then we get a flashback. So now we're into the story. Yep. Pretty much. And it's John Carter and um, he's, you know, he's looking for gold, prospecting, doing stuff. He goes to a bar, gets into a fight, you know, typical Western kind of stuff. This guy, Colonel Powell, picks him up, tries to recruit him into the cavalry. We get this kind of funny scene where they're listing all his accolades and every time they list stuff, he tries to run away. Mm -hmm. I did you actually know. like that scene. And then my my favorite was when he just jumped out the window. Yeah, he jumped out the window. I, yeah. I actually did really like that scene. It was funny. Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Um, because like that's a great way to betray a really reluctant person who is just like, no, I'm I'm willing to throw myself out a glass window. Like yeah, he's, get away from you. He's like, No, I am not. I have no interest in whatever you're trying to sell me. Um Yeah, and that's the setup, right? John Carter is a reluctant hero. He doesn't want he just wants to, he has a past that we're going to get into that sort of scarred him, but he just wants to like, you know, be done with this whole thing and get his little piece of Arizona and not mess with anyone else. Uh, but yeah, but they're, they're not having it. They put him in prison um, and he escapes prison and he gets on a horse and he's riding away. And then the Apaches, like he meets with them. And then, so it's the Apaches and like the, kind of like union guys, like the, the military, uh, they get into this sort of confrontation and then there's a firefight. Um, and so during the firefight, John escapes into a cave and then he meets one of the, the therns. Just dude just teleports into the cave. Yeah. Like it just seemed way too convenient that they, he just happened to be there when John showed up. Like, was it because it's a special cave? Like it's a special portal to just, uh, bus Barsoom or something like that. And he was like, oh, somebody's at the portal. I should go check on this or something. Like, there's no explanation as to why that Thern was even there. Yeah. Um, and there's, the thing is, there's not even any kind of, like, prophecy that's part of this movie. There's no, like, chosen one element that I was kind of expecting. Like, oh, we needed to guard this portal because our sages from a thousand years ago predicted an Earthman would come and liberate Mars or something. Yeah. There's none of that. So there wasn't even that part of it to be like, oh, that makes sense why that Thern was there at this point in time and on Earth at this time in history. He just happens to be there and is really easily killed, even though he has superpowers. He, exactly, yeah. Like, um, he, he teleports there, they kind of get into a fight, um, and then John shoots the guy and kills him, and then, you know, the guy's muttering some stuff, and then he... John grabs the guy's medallion and says Barsoom, and that's it. He's on Mars. Snap, <laughs> crackle, and pop, honey. You just traveled light years to another planet. Yep. And we'll get we'll get into like how this stuff works in in this universe because it's very interesting. Like how this 
light speed travel works because it's not exactly how you would think but no, yeah. so they don't have warp drive but they have like basically like light speed <laughs> yeah away without ships yeah yeah so john's on mars and the gravity's different so he's struggling to figure out you know the physics of how to how to be there he's he's jumping too far and um i don't know it's kind of funny this whole it's scene it's kind of a comical scene of him trying to like mm -hmm. get his mars legs you know yeah exactly like but it's just mostly it's just a montage of taylor hit hirsch kitsch kitsch taylor kitsch just falling down a bunch of times yeah yeah it's just him falling and like woo, leapfrogging um oh, some funny stuff yeah yeah oh my and then he runs into these green aliens called Tharks. And so this I, is where we meet, huh? I said, I love the Tharks. Yeah, they're cool. They're very cool. Um, and we meet Tars Tarkas. Um, and that's the character that uh, was doing the voiceover at the beginning, uh, who's Willem Dafoe, played, voiced, by Willem, voiced and played by Willem Dafoe. And so Tars Tarkas at this point, he's their Jeddak, which is basically their emperor, their, I don't know, leader, leader. clan leader. You know, like I, I like general or something like that. But yeah, um, I like Tars Tarkas. Um, I like that he immediately wants to befriend John. Yeah. Like his first instinct is like, this is really cool, but the best way for me to do this is not to try and capture him, is to let's be friends. And I like that first like attempt at communication between the two of them. Yeah. Um, and he's like, can you jump again? Because that was really cool. Like he's yeah, so yeah, yeah. he's so enamored with John when they first meet. He's like, this is yeah. The coolest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, he's like jump, like this jump. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, and it was funny too because like like they're trying to communicate, and he's like, "I'm Tarsarkus. Like, who are you? I'm <laughs> I'm John Carter of Virginia. Oh, Virginia, Virginia, <laughs> Virginia. <laughs> and then they all call him Virginia. <laughs> like, no, I'm from Virginia, Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> it's very very cute. Yeah, yeah. So that was again. These are these are things that this film is so all over the place because some things really work, right? Mm -hmm. Like this stuff. This stuff was cool. This stuff worked, but not enough. I don't know if enough of it worked. We'll we'll get into that later. But like, but this was a scene like you know really kind of built that character development and made you like you you're invested in this relationship already, yeah. right? Um, and so then we cut to the other. So it's this other city, helium. And this woman, Deja, she's like kind of, she's like a scientist or something. She's their lead scientist. And so she's discovered this thing called the blue light of the ninth ray. So I think, I believe that the blue light is how the, the Tharks or whatever get their power. They harness that in order to do all the stuff they do. Um, um, yeah, the Tharks or the Therns? The Therns, I'm sorry, Therns. the Therns, yeah. yeah. Um, no, definitely. That's how they harness everything. That's how they can travel. And she's trying to like figure it out. She is the princess of, of Mars, basically. She is the princess of Mars, yes. Um, so yeah, and she's smart and she's a scientist and she's, as we'll see, very like got the, you know, she, she's not the, the damsel in this yeah. film. Um, but yeah, in this scene, she gets sabotaged by, again, one of these therns that they just, they're everywhere, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, they're we only everywhere. see three of them, but then they're at other places at the same time, too. So, like, I'm, it's kind of hard to put a, a number on how many there really are of them. I know. And where do they, like, if one dies, do they get replaced? Like, okay, Jeb, you're getting the promotion today. <laughs> where do they come from? Uh, like, do they just float around in the ether until they're like, mm -hmm. ding, oh, I got a punch in. Somebody just they're, got whacked. 
they remind me of those those things from Dark City, those those creatures from Dark City that ran the city. Mm. That's kind of what it feels like. But Dark City was a little bit cooler than this, I'd say. A little bit. I haven't seen that. Oh my god, I haven't seen that in so long. I remember really liking it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so now her dad, um, so Deja's dad, what's this guy's name? Uh, Tardos, Tardos Morse, wants her to marry, um, geez, the name, Sab Thon, in order to, <laughs> right, and again, another problem with this film, it's like, there's just, I don't know, there's probably too many characters, right? Because like, this is a little bit similar to, in a way, some of the stuff that happens in like Star Wars, but in Star Wars, right, there's like four characters, basically, right? There's Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah, there's Darth Vader, there's Luke, Leia, Han, and then maybe um, the Peter Cushing character, right? And Obi-Wan. Did you say Obi-Wan? Yeah, and Obi-Wan. Yeah, I didn't say Obi-Wan. I should say Obi-Wan. Yeah, like four or Um, five characters, roughly, that can share screen time or without one another. Yeah. This, there's like six, right? And then there's these sub characters, and they're all confusing, weird names and. Sab Fan. Like. Call him Sebastian, like, because that's the name I was always expecting them to say for some reason. And then, yeah, you have yeah, Deja, is that her name? Yeah, Deja, yeah. And then her dad has a completely different last name, and it's like, okay, like, maybe that's just part of the culture that makes sense. Because, in like, for example, in Star Trek, the Bajorans go are like Kira Naris. Her, her last name is technically her first name, you go by the surname first, and then Naris is like her personal name. Um, so maybe it's something like that that's going on. I'm not sure, but yeah, not it's sure. Kind of, it's kind of, and then there's that other guy who's like her dad's bodyguard, whose name yes. I don't even remember. I like, don't he remember kind of, either. He was kind of neat, but like didn't have enough screen time to make me actually like like him. He was just like another character. Oh, her dad needs like a bodyguard, so just, who's really loyal, who won't turn on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's another problem. I think is that there's too many characters and we can't really connect with them enough. I mean, there's like four people we I think we really connect with, plus uh, a, a a character that doesn't really speak. That's kind of cool. But yeah, I mean, it's like I'm confused. I'm overwhelmed <laughs> already. <laughs> and again, what, wasn't I supposed to be rooting against helium? Wasn't I supposed to be rooting against them? But now I'm rooting for them. Wasn't helium the one with the giant like moving city that was? destroying mars <laughs> like who is the bad guy <laughs> yeah who's the bad guy what's going on it's so confusing seems to actually have the best interest of mars at heart god damn it like is there poverty i don't see any poverty i don't see any like any any crime it's just these two assholes who think they should run mars like yeah who votes yeah, yeah. who runs these things who's elected <laughs> yeah it, it seems of- like it's just a monarchy right it's just a couple monarchies Basically. Yeah, and like, and why? You know, like they're just fighting because have they forgotten why they're fighting? And this is just normal. Like, I mean, at least in like the, I can't believe I'm saying this, but at least in like the prequels, we got a little bit into what how officials are elected on these planets. At least it gave us like a taste of like their 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 democratic society in some way. That like Padme most likely was elected to be queen as a thirteen year old whatever um but but she became a senator she was able to be elected to be a senator and at least there was some explanation in that aspect in in john carter i don't know why these people are in charge i don't know how it is how it affects anything that was my my little rant about that sorry (laughs) yeah i think you're right and those again these are things that kind of come off and you know they just they just don't settle for us in the story they just make us feel like what's the point what's going on 
And why is, why is Sab wrong? Because no one's telling me why he's right, and no one's telling me why he's wrong. He's he's at war, destroying outposts, and trying to take over. That's what happens in war. Why should I feel bad for helium? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And they, you know, they don't really. The only the only reason for us to not like him is that he's he's being, you know, the puppets behind the scenes are these these people that we, I guess, are supposed to really dislike. Exactly. Right? Like, if anything, Sab is being used. Yes. Almost worse than anyone in Helium is. Like they chose him. Okay, why did they choose him? Because he's a warrior. Because he was he was losing, wasn't he? Yeah, he was losing. He was about to lose and about to die, and then yeah, they saved was, him. He was about to lose. He was about to die. But they're like, we'll give the underdog a try. Let's do yeah. that. Like, because mm-hmm. we're mystical and immortal to just fuck off and destroy shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, why didn't you choose someone from Helium? They were winning the freaking war. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't that be faster? Like They're not fighting over any resources. Like, the seas are drying up. There's very little water. Like, <laughs> what are you fighting about? Yeah, it's just you're supposed to just sort of accept it and just, you know, be along for the adventure. But it, it, like I said, it just the story leaves you with a lot of unanswered questions that are frustrating. It's just frustrating for us as an audience. We're like, why do I care? Why do I care? Yeah, I mean, at least in Star Wars, I knew they were basically fighting space Nazis. Like, okay. Yeah. Fuck Nazis. Everybody can agree. Like, everyone should agree <laughs> it, on that. Exactly, yeah. Uh, and with the prequels, it's like, you you know there is an impending doom coming. Exactly. Right? And it's, it's a tragedy. You're like, oh, I really hope that this doesn't go bad, but I'm seeing it go bad, right? Exactly. I mean, you know, I watched the prequels again recently, and I feel like George Lucas was really kind of trying to, I don't know if he did it well, he I, he probably didn't, but he was really like trying to create a political kind of story about how democracies disintegrate, basically. I mean, that's really what the, the prequels are about. And he just sends all these red flags, like, like, look, Anakin is the type of person where a lot of red flags come up. Right, like, yeah. it, like in the second movie, he's basically like, "Yeah, I, I think fascism's cool." Like, because I'd be in charge, I'd just kill everybody. He says maybe that openly. Okay. Yeah, maybe I'd be okay with it. You know, like he says that in the second movie, and then we're just like, "Oh no!" <laughs> right? Like, no, honey, no, it's bad. <laughs> but you know, and again, the 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 reason why he would say that, and this is, I don't know if he totally hit it through, but. Anakin is from a planet. He was a slave. He was a slave. He's from a planet run by gangster, like, like huts. Um, so why would a guy like that understand democracy? They, exactly. they, they, they didn't bring democracy to him. They left him out there to be, to, 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 to die basically. Uh, and then he, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. And then he comes back later and his mom gets killed by these people. And then he's done. He's like, fuck it. I'm done with all of this. Mm-hmm. The only way that I can get justice is if I bring it myself. Yeah, and on top of the fact, he, he's taken to a world, like, um, to be, what's the planet that they're on? Like, the city planet where... Uh, yeah, it starts with a C, Coruscant? Coruscant, yeah. He's taken there and shown, like, a different world and stuff like that. He He's probably thinking, even as a kid, why isn't why isn't where I came from like this? Why isn't everything yes. like this? Why, is there <laughs> yes. no, why was I born a slave? 
and it's and then he's taken in by this super secret society of Jedi who shield him from it. So this kid had no chance to ever learn anything about the real world because he's taken into this mysticism and this not I don't want to say a cult or anything like that, but he's taken in and indoctrinated to learn something completely different. Oh, we bring balance to the universe. Okay, why mm -hmm. is my mom a fucking slave? Yeah. Bro, what about like, her? What's the balance for her? Not even just my mom. What about all the other mothers? What about all the other kids who are forced mm -hmm. to compete in pod racing for the benefit of a hut? <laughs> like, why aren't you there bringing balance? Because there is no balance on Tatooine. You're born slave, you die slave. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I just wish the movies had reflected those ideals more. Like, I just, I wish they had been better because when I talk about them sometimes, there are some really good elements to it. But... <laughs> <laughs> gotten the Empire Strikes Back treatment. I really wish they could have. And yeah. it's like they were again trying to deal with like these with political issues and the mm -hmm. fall of democracy. Because Padme has a really good line, and I don't know, it was the second one or the third one, where she's like, "This is how democracy dies." But mm -hmm. the applause. Yeah, this is the third it one. Was, yeah, it's like, oh yeah, that that speech that Palpatine gives. Oh, this is what they did to me, and blah blah blah. And everyone's cheering him on. Wow, this kind of sounds like Hitler. Kind of, yeah. kind of reminds me of some Hitler speeches that we've all seen yeah. in history class. And the thing, too, about Anakin is, like, he goes in. So, first off, he's brought in, and they treat him like the Jedi Order treats him like trash from the jump as a kid, right? Like, oh, from the wrong side of the tracks, white trash. Yeah, like, yeah exactly. How, how, oh, I wonder how his, like, group training went with all the other chosen ones and shit like that. I bet he was treated like crap. Yeah. He's treated terribly, and they always basically diss him, right? Even though he's really good at what he does, and he wants to do good, and they're like, "No, you're you're too for, you're too old to be a Jedi." And then he gets over that. Then like, you know, you're not really good enough to be, you know, like on the council. Um, it's a political appointment, and so we're not going to grant you the rank of master. So you're below us. Is basically what they're saying, right? You know what? It just irritates <laughs> the crap out of me. Is Shouldn't you be on this kid's side? This is a 10-year-old who is able to read back every card, like, like freaking Mace Windu's little, like, card trick yeah. or some shit. Oh, what do you see on this one? And blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He was able to read every one of those back to you mm -hmm. perfectly without any training whatsoever. And you diss this kid? They're morons. They, yeah. You know what? Yeah. I think before we get too sidetracked, which we already kind of have, we should watch the prequels. I mean it. We should watch these freaking prequels because now I'm kind of like, you kind of want to watch it, yeah. yeah I don't want to watch them. <laughs> I'm I'm down. I I like I said, I watched them, especially the, in the second one. I really got what he was trying to do politically uh, with the films, and I think I think that's what he wants to take away to be is like, this is how a democracy crumbles. That's that is that is the the thematic takeaway he wants people to have. Plus, you know, the stuff with Anakin being. Base, again, it's like just a tortured person thrown into this thing. Is like, you know, is the Jedi Order really good? Are they really good? Yeah, and it kind the way of they treated him. Yeah, and it just how could he's just he never had a chance. Like yeah. he also was never like given. Like we never see him interact with really other kids. At least on Tatooine, he was praised for being smart. Yes. At least he was. He made a freaking He made C three PO. He made a sentient being that feels pain and has fear. And they just treat him like shit. At least, yeah. I mean, I hate Qui Gon Jinn. I think Qui Gon Jinn is a freaking idiot. But at least he was someone who was like, you realize this kid is like brilliant, right? Yeah. Like this is the one. This is the one. Like it. That's another thing too. Qui Gon wasn't able to like be his teacher. That may be 
pushed them in another direction too. Who knows, right? Yeah. All this stuff, all these possibilities. Um, yeah, so <laughs> um, that was a fun discussion. But like, I, I think that was really important because like <clears throat> the prequels weren't even good, right? <laughs> and like the prequels, like at least there's all this stuff that is in the plot that we can kind of grab, grab onto characters that we care about. In this, in John Carter, I don't know if there's anything really there. Like, there's not like a villain that we really like to hate. Um, yeah, I it, don't really care about the Therns. Tab fan is just, why he's is a puppet. Yeah, he's just he's a, a puppet. puppet. And then the helium guys are just like, <laughs> oh, we love science and we love math. Okay, that's cool. Like, <laughs> yeah. What else? Why should I have? root for them, right? Why should I root for them? Well, we should root for her because she's smart. Yeah. Um, like that's why I sh- that's why I felt like I was supposed to root for Dara or whatever her name is, Deja. Yeah, yeah. Um, because she's smart and can wield a sword. Okay. Yeah, that that definitely makes her, and you know, they do do some stuff uh, in a little bit that kind of makes us like her more. Um, yeah. So so going forward in the plot, so John is taken in. Then we get this interesting scene where like the baby Tharks hatch. And the Tharks, they have this interesting ritual where pretty much they have, a, I guess, what you would call a meritocratic version of raising their children. Uh, they, they make the mothers fight for a child. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty messed up. That was, That's that pretty was messed really up. really sad. Because, like, uh, yeah, it, what I like about the Tharks is that it is a very harsh culture, but there are some beautiful elements to it. And John has to learn to not only integrate into this culture, but to also, dude, you got to see it from their perspective. This is how they've been doing it forever. And yeah. you may not like it, but that's what makes, again, that's what goes back to like when, when the enterprise would encounter species, they're like, oh, this is barbaric. We would never do this on earth or blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, but this is how they've been doing it. Yeah. And who are we to say that's wrong? And it's, I mean, they, they shoot their young. That was dark. The ones that they didn't take out of that little hatchling cave, they shoot them. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That that's the thing too. This 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 film kind of goes there a couple times. It, it really, really kind of goes does. there. And it I really appreciated sh- the culture that we were shown of yeah. the parks because I really feel like Disney movies don't they allude to things mm-hmm. for the sake of like their audience, which is generally kids. Um, mm-hmm. But they don't really go there. I mean, maybe in the eighties and nineties they they would go there. Um, but not really with like more recent stuff. Like we always know that a parent has died or something like that, but they, sh- they straight up shot babies. <laughs> like, yeah. Think about that for a minute. Disney just shot babies. <laughs> yeah, that is, that is, I guess the only, the only, the only thing is like, since they're green babies, maybe they expect us not to care as much, but. They were pretty cute. I thought yeah, they, were though. Cute. they were They were little fat Michelin babies. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know like they were little chubby. They were. Which I thought was funny because as like adults are like these really like lean, you know, like they're super, like, yeah, yeah, like creatures. Um, they reminded me of one other. They actually reminded me of the aliens on that planet in the second um, star in the second prequel, uh, Star Wars prequel. Oh, what was that called? Oh, Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. You know when uh, Obi Wan goes to that like water planet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The really slender, like that's super slender. The, yeah, that's what the Tharks actually reminded me of. I was like, I've mm-hmm. seen this before, but I like their tusks and everything like that. And when they're like, the, the males are like bumping each other. Yeah, yeah. They'll go like face to face. Face to face and like tusks will smash and shit. Um, but yeah, I, I, the Tharks again were probably my favorite part of them. Mm-hmm. And then we meet uh, this Thark Sola. 
Now, this is a, I really like Sola, this character. I thought that they did a really good job of like making us empathize with her. Yes. Um, the only character that we might empathize with. <laughs> <laughs> so much to rule everyone. She has so she has heart. She, she respects her culture, even if it means her culture will kill her. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. And you can tell she's just got the short end of the stick. Mm-hmm. And probably not really for her own. It's not like it's her fault or whatever. Um, and in the scenario, she gets stuck with John. <laughs> she's like fighting for a real, like a dark baby. And then she loses. And then she's got John. Yeah, they, they call like a white worm baby or something. Yeah. <laughs> It's really funny. Yeah. Uh, and then he's like initiated into their culture and they like basically put a diaper on him is the equivalent of what they're doing. So when they powder him up and they put a loincloth on him. <laughs> yeah, and then I, she's, she, at one point in like the, the dark nursery, wherever it is, um, which again was a kind of confusing because they're fighting over taking a baby, but then they're all just thrown into one nursery together. <laughs> and Sola's the only one taking well, care of them. Uh, I, I think, I suspect that that, that is, so it's like, that is your child. When you win the fight, that is your child, right? Um, whatever that means in their culture. <laughs> like, like, you know, in the equivalent of ours would be like, you know, you fight over the kid and then you got to pay the student loans. <laughs> yeah, that's, 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 that's how this works. And this, you know, again, it's, there's some weird stuff going on. Yeah, so he gets uh, yeah. powdered up and all that other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then he makes a, a friend. And so this is another character that I really liked. It's this dog thing. Wula. Uh, Wula, yeah. This dog thing's really cool. Yes, I loved him. He was like, he can zip around really fast. Yeah. And he's, like, he's like this big broody kind of reminded me of like a, one of those like really thick pit bulls. You know what I mean? That like yeah, yeah. toes in or whatever. Like the Looney Tune pit bull that we would always see. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I really like Lula. He was so cute. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's super cute. And, and he wants to play with John. <laughs> yeah, like that, you know. And it just immediately you like you like that you like the dog because like it's like a dog, and it looks him like a dog, and it's like like <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. He even calls you know? the dog like bad dog, bad dog. It's like that's not yeah. what he is, but he ain't a dog. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> he's got like six legs and like this thick like weird tail but he's got that smushed in like face yeah smushed in face but like a large head <laughs> just like very like, i feel like they had a lot of fun with willis character that was the most pixar character i feel like in the yes movie. yes it was definitely the most pixar character um and then you know later they they feed john this drink that allows him to understand their language so then he's able to speak with them finally uh and then we get to see uh so deja ran away from the wedding um, and which is like hella cool. <laughs> yeah. Give her props for that. So she ran away from the range. She's like, I'm not marrying this dude. Uh, and then we get another really cool aerial battle uh, with these these like solar planes or whatever. Um, and then you know, like Tar Sarkis is like saying, Oh yeah, they're fighting. We're gonna let them fight. We don't care who wins. Ha ha ha. And then we'll come out bets, on top. I think. Yeah, they're like taking who's gonna win. Mm-hmm. They are. And but, but then John decides to intervene. So he like, you know, does his kind of Superman thing, you know, uh, saves Deja. And he's like, oh, yeah, stand behind me. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of I'll fight them for you. He's like yeah. fighting these people. And then he loses the sword. And then she like kills three people. And he's like, oh, maybe I should stand behind you. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Did you like these action scenes? 
Yeah, I mean, I like the action, action scenes. I like a lot of movies that have, like, cool sword fights in them because, like, oh, it's just, it's, it's something that I would, I would love to do, but don't really have, I don't know if there's any sword masters that live near me that could teach me and stuff like that because I don't think I'd want to do fencing. I would want to do, like, mm. I want to do, like, the Witcher shit. You know what I mean? That oh, okay. Kind of sword play. A broadsword. Yes. Oh, I love the broadsword. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, also, just loving Star Trek, you know, the Batleth is one of my favorite space weapons. Um, and again, I don't think there's anybody around here who teach me how to use a Batleth. Um, but yeah, I liked the action sequences. They were pretty good, pretty entertaining, you know. Um, lots of blue blood flying around. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, I like, I actually really like the actor, um, Taylor. Oh, you do? Yeah, I do really, actually really like him. I didn't see him in a lot of stuff that he always has like this brooding. look on his face like i'm just so miserable um i'm the most depressed person around but what sold me was uh the second season of true detective is not that great however taylor kitsch's character in it is wonderful i Mm. love him in it and he was so good this was he was so committed to playing this character and he was probably the best part about season two of true detective um and that's what really was like. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep an eye on this guy because he's gonna be a really good actor. He can play a very good, just sad, melancholy, but kind of a badass at the same time character. And that's what mm-hmm. he was in, you know, John Carter too. Yeah, pretty much. That's kind of his his type. It feels like uh, what he played. Wasn't he also in what the Friday Night Lights TV show? I'm not sure. I never, I never watched it. He okay. might have been, um, but. Uh, I never, I never did uh, get into that show. I know a lot of mm-hmm. my girlfriends have liked it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of red meat in that show. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people that are like, yeah, the cast was super hot. You know, I've, I've heard that a lot from well, people. I think it was definitely one of those like teen shows, kind of like mm-hmm. how like Smallville had a lot of cute guys. In yeah, it yeah, like yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I never really did get into the Tom Wellington thing. I was always yeah. a, I was always a Lex Luthor girl. Sorry. Oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. Man. You suck. Well, he's he's a cooler he's a cooler character. You know, like you're you're a lot you're a logical person. <laughs> he's just he's got a little bit more depth to him. Like yeah. At least totally. he tried to be good at one point. It was kind of like I'm just bad at being good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what um, I feel like Michael Rosenbaum's okay. life was. I'm just like you know I'm just bad at being good and I'm great yeah. at being bad. So we're just gonna go all in with this. Yeah, we're going all in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so now Deja and so immediately right now we're we've got this love story going on. It's Deja and John. Um, and so Deja like she starts explaining to him basically that he's on Mars. And now he's like, oh, I got to get back home. And, you know, again, now it comes with, with his character. Like he's he's not he's reluctant. He wants to go back. He wants to go back home, get his gold, do his thing. And, you know, as we kind of see later on, he something tragic happened to his family. He had like what a wife and daughter, I think. Something yeah, like that. Wife and a little kid and didn't end well. They, yeah, they got attacked or something like that. They got killed. He had to bury him. Um, and so he, he probably again has the typical kind of brooding Bruce Wayne kind of like, I can't, I can't get, I can't get too close to people because, you know, when I did before, you know, there was, there was, you know, tragedy struck and I can't, I can't have my heart broken again. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, did you feel like their chemistry was good? The two of them or 
It was okay, you know, okay. for for the movie that it was. You know, I wasn't expecting like, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, hey, I've known you a day, and I'm like badly in love with you. You know, <laughs> I've never felt this way before. I'm like, oh, a dead wife and kid might be pretty pissed about that, but like, okay. <laughs> um, I found it a little unbelievable that they're saying I love you. Because again, it's only been like a day, <laughs> a couple of days, maybe. Yeah. Um, time is very weird on Mars, though. I don't know. Um, time is weird. But it, it was just okay. I was kind of expecting it, but you know, he, he, she's just kind of like teaches them. Oh, you can learn to love again, and you can have a future here. Maybe this is where this is your destiny. It's where you were always meant to be. Um, but yeah, it was. Yeah, it was just okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I felt about the same way. Uh, there were some. There are some moments that I think worked. Um, I don't know. The cat, you know, the casting. I kind of, I kind of wish that they had someone else's Deja a little bit, someone a little bit more well known, maybe. Yeah, but I don't know. Like that kind of goes back to his like, I want to cast yes. unknowns and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I don't know how who else they would have cast to be this character. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, she was just. I've never seen her in anything else. Um, doesn't mean she hasn't been in anything else. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, this didn't feel like they had <clears throat> that type of chemistry. You know. Yeah. And that's you gotta you gotta have that if you're gonna sell the love story on me. Exactly. Um, yeah. So then John and Deja they go to this um, they go to this place. It's like uh, it's like on a lake, and then there's this massive, it's almost like a tree or something. Um, and inside there's this they use this medallion to unlock this map of the solar system. And again, Deja's like, oh, this is powered by the blue light. You know, again, this is this is how all these things work. And, you know, this was her theory, and it's just proving her theory again. Yeah, it's like the ninth um, ray or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's exactly, exactly right. And here we get explained how this teleportation system works. So he's basically a copy on Mars, but his body on Earth is just there like in a coma, mm -hmm. which is really interesting uh, that, they did, that they did that. They're connected, right? But when he uses that technology on, on, on Mars, he's there and he's you know sentient but his earth body is just laying on <laughs> laying on the ground in the hanging dirt. out in a cave <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah that kind of creates another wrinkle in this whole thing about you know how he how you can be in these in these places at once because you know basically like if he died on earth he would die on mars right yeah which i was like okay so your body's just hanging out in a cave in arizona there's no yeah. predators who take shelter in that cave or just like ooh meat like i found that a little just so his body on earth doesn't age or does it is it just preserved in like this weird time space in between land um i think it would have just been fine if they said oh yeah i got transported to mars because he did we see him get transported to mars we don't see yes. his body just fall down and then he's on mars like he literally lands <laughs> like so I, I didn't really like the whole copy thing um yeah it was just a little to me yeah yeah i you know because it's like why do they really need to do that right just teleport him there yeah like i feel like you could have just teleport him and it would have been fine and instead of it just being this oh i'm a copy of myself if you had just backspaced on that line it wouldn't have bothered me because i up until that point i had just been believing <laughs> oh yeah you got teleported to mars cool that's fine <laughs> yeah again this 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 film makes a lot of choices and it's like why? Oh, yeah. yeah, why? And that's not really working for me, you know. So then we get the scene where, again, another the Thern, the um, the Mark Strong character is like, 
you know, he's 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 the puppet master. He's puppet mastering some of these other alien uh, creatures to, you know, attack John and attack Deja. And John makes this sort of choice. He's like, hey, I'm going to I'm going to make sure you guys live. I'm going to fight these people off. <clears throat> and we get this like legitimately brutal scene. Yeah, it's pretty epic. It is legitimately brutal. John fights an entire army by himself and he just massacres like three dozen, four dozen people. Yeah, and I like that like, like Wula stays by his side and is like zipping around and like helping him out and shit like that. And I liked that part of it, but he's really just by himself because it's him and his dog creature thing. But, yeah. you know, eventually he's going to get overwhelmed by these by this horde. And I did like that it showed a different um, a different sect of the of the Tharks that they're not mm-hmm. all just one peaceful clan that there are others that they like battle against and stuff but what do they really get out of being manipulated by the Thern like what is the Thern giving them I think it promised they, that yeah it promised it like promised someone I think uh, to be whatever the Jeddak I think I think that's what the deal was yeah, maybe. I just don't remember. I don't remember. If he was- <laughs> All I remember him is like, go get them. The girl needs yeah. to die. Or the girl needs to live. Do whatever you want with the other one. Like, I think he even says, like, with the Earth Man, see what he can do. It's like, see what he can do. Why don't you just have him killed? Like, <laughs> he's your nemesis in this. Like, they can do yeah, You're bad at your job, Mark Strong. They are, they are so bad. Fine. He's a fine actor, but I'm just like, Mark, can you stop doing these movies? Yeah. Please? The more, the more and more, like these, the puppet master aliens. I just hate them. I just, I just think that they just tear, they just bring this movie down. They really do. They're so bad. I don't know what their end goal is, except to like drain a planet of its. Re- it's fucking Mars. It yeah. is a desert planet. It is Arrakis. It is there's yeah. no spice. It is Arrakis without the spice and the worms. I don't know what you're after with Mars. Like you're telling me there's not some other like. Rise a planet or some shit with like a whole bunch of resources <laughs> that like like right? God, it's just like you picked a really weird planet. Like, is it just a lottery? Did they just like in freaking? <laughs> <Yeah. Google? laughs> All right, this century it'll be oh, Mars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like they had a drawing and they got, and they got oh, Mars. We did Mercury last centuries so last millennia and I guess why don't they choose earth earth has all of the reasons water fire earth air it has all the air bending shit <laughs> and they chose mars they chose mars you <laughs> mark strong I uh, yeah I, I i really hate the characters and they just they just seem to they're always there they're always doing something they're always you know plotting in a way that like doesn't it always make sense they're bad plotters you know they're bad a good element to this is like if there had been some kind of line where mark strong was like oh yeah and earth is next that would have made john way more likely to fight against these guys it would have given him something to fight for if he was just like yeah we're draining mars of its resources and guess what your plan is next Mm -hmm. yeah I was waiting for some kind of line for them to be like, oh, yeah, we've been nip- manipulating, like, we caused the Civil War, or we've been manipulating your presidents and your world leaders. That would have been good. I've been, I was yeah. waiting for some something like that from, from mm-hmm. the Thurns, and it just never came. It was yeah, just, it never came. It's like their their scope is super wide, but they just crossed out everything in it. <laughs> like, it's like, 
you can manipulate time and space and reality and you're just fucking off dude but yeah you would you would think that they would just be over it they would just go teleport to another planet somewhere else just create a bunch of machines with their infinite energy which right and then just like chill it's like i don't know anyway i i yeah i don't i don't like it um so yeah so then so john is still alive he him and deja they decide okay they're gonna go back to helion her home city they go there um and then finally she agrees to 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 marry septhan and then her and um her and and john have this kind of conversation about you know it's 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 like this kind of like you know do you still love me kind of stuff basically. <laughs> I've known you for twenty four hours. Don't I know. you still love me? It's like, what is happening? Yeah, what <laughs> is happening? Is a love story, like yes. And then she says like, oh, a warrior can change his mental, but he can't change his heart. <laughs> like gag me with a freaking stick, Deja. Like Deja Dara, fuck your mother, Dara. I don't know who the hell you are. Like. Yeah. Oh my god. It was like, yeah, the Princess Jasmine thing was a little too much for me. I was just like, I've seen this before. And please stop. Like, it's just, it's a, it's yeah. so overused. This whole, like, I feel like Princess Jasmine's, like, tropes are, like, good sometimes, but then it's just, this was just fluff. It was just, Puh. it was just like, Bleh. like, shut up. <laughs> I didn't like her. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then she like she gives him the incantation to get back to Earth, um, and then there's like this moment like, oh, is he gonna go back or is he not? And then he decides finally he's like, no, I'm not gonna go back. I'm gonna help her. Blah blah blah. <clears throat> so then you know he's like you know snooping around the <laughs> the palace and hey, guess what? Mark Strong like is there waiting for him? He's a shape shifting. And this time he was like a, a counselor for for Deja as a shapeshifter. And then he like takes out, uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, but not as interesting as the shadow, right? <laughs> no, not nearly. As, like that's the problem when the shadow has more depth of character than freaking March strong in a $200 million movie. It's like, I know. something's wrong with, yeah, something's picture. wrong. Like, I'm smiley with Lash, and I'm going to reveal yeah. my plan, which is super boring. It's a super boring plan. Yeah, oh. and, and that's like, and that's the the next scene. It's just all expositionary. Like, oh yes, we've we've been plotting to take over Barsoom, and we've we've been here in the shadows for so long. It's what we do. We go planet to planet. We take over all their resources, and yeah. then we pit people against yeah. each other, and blah blah blah. This and that. They just get off on chaos, I guess. You do you, bro. Um, yeah. But, like, there was this – I was waiting for him to be, like, walking him around helium or something and be like, look at all the poverty. They let their people suffer. Kind of like, you know, like, oh, they're just they're just the peasants, like, in the French Revolution or something. They mean nothing. Like, they live in these palaces and stuff. But there's no poverty. I don't see anyone wanting for anything. I, I see people going about their day working, like, to, to whatever it is they do. Like – Again, at least in Alita, we see people actually going about their oh, day, yeah. their job. There's infrastructure. There's agriculture. There is mega structure. <laughs> there's there's so much world building in Alita, in almost a relatively similar time frame as far as you know the runtime of the films, than there is in John Carter. John Carter. There's there's no poverty. There's no evil aristocratic society that I have to worry about. So I don't know what this. Is. He's just walking him around the city, being a shape shifting <laughs> into different people. Like, like yeah, 
<laughs> exactly. He turns into a woman. He turns into like a soldier. He does all this. Shit. <laughs> like, is this just a scene to reveal his epic power? Because I kind of already realized he was epic because they can go to other planets. Yeah. In the blink of an eye. And they and they give you know the 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 puppet villain this this really powerful weapon that exerts like infinite energy. So like, yeah, they're I already know like these guys. They're the real you're the deal. Top, you're the top of the food chain. Okay. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Up. You're bad at being yeah, at the top of the food chain. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and you know, in the scene, we do get to see like like they they watch Deja and she's like you know doing the the royal wedding kind of thing. Uh, there's like a procession and she's like waving and uh, yeah, everyone in the city. It it doesn't look like there's any poverty. Like you said, it doesn't look like there's any struggle. It just looks like people are like people are happy. Yeah, everything's um, totally fine. Like, so what's the deal? Like, what? Yeah. What's the conflict here? Yeah, there there is no conflict except the one that you're telling me that they have, but I don't know what that is. You're telling me there's this conflict, but everyone seems pretty happy with their. They seem to love Deja. They seem to. They're happy she's getting married. They're happy that this guy who's been destroying their outpost or whatever um, is is marrying her, and like it's heralding like the dawn of a new age and shit. But like. There's never a line from Stab Dan who's just like, I'm doing this to liberate people. I'm doing this to liberate X. He's not, I don't know what he's doing anything for. <laughs> yeah, he's just a puppet. And beyond that, he's nothing. Exactly. Right? He's, he's just there. <laughs> Every, everyone is just there <laughs> because yeah. they, they have to be, um, which is basically how I feel about the actors. I'm, I signed a contract, so I'm here. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And so. Then, like, the best part of the scene, so the dog shows up and, like, bites him, bites Mark Strong, just, like, rips his hand, like, Arr! and uh, takes the uh, the medallion out of his hand, and then, you know, he's, like, he's like shocked, like, what? <laughs> I've been oh defeated God. by a dog? Oh, yeah. my God. I was, oh, you know, it's like, I was monologuing. It's like yeah, 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 yeah. In the uh, Incredibles, where he's like, you tried to get me monologuing again. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, and you got bit by a dog, bro. So you saw. You got bit by a dog, bro. Um, and then you know John's able to get away, and then he he basically you know he's like, okay, I gotta I gotta you know, <laughs> now that he knows what they're what they're up to, he's gotta like you know fight the 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 therns. Um, so then he decides, okay, I'm gonna go back, and the the Tharks, right? Yeah, uh, the Tharks. The Tharks. Yeah. So th he's gonna go back to the Tharks. He's gonna. Uh, get them to join him and then fight with Helion to defeat the puppet. Um, that's the plan. Who's I not guess. even the real threat? The puppet isn't even in the real threat. Guys. I know. Okay, like we know who the real threat is, and if they have all this infinite energy that they gave to their puppet, they can just wipe out the whole army. They can just yeah. like snap their fingers and be like, "There." I know. It's like, <laughs> But no, right? It's like it's like it's like he's like he's like Thanos with the with the power stone. It's like what are you gonna do? Yeah, it's like if Thanos got the power stone and was just like, what is this thing? <laughs> this yeah, this movie's got this movie's got a lot of problems, right? So Jesus, issues. I'm Ugh. just over the dumbass villains who have no yeah. like what motivates them to destroy these planets or to feed off of chaos. You know, you would think at some point, um, what's his name? The puppet guy would be like, dude, what's it? Like, I'm, I'm getting screwed. I'm getting screwed over here. Yeah. What's like, it for him? Like, or like, right? ult like ultimate power or some shit. Okay. Well, you're going to, and that's okay. So like their ultimate plot 
And I don't understand why this even has to happen. Is that they're gonna? It's like a princess bride thing. We're like, oh, we're gonna kill her on her wedding night and shit. Yes. <laughs> why? So that they their puppet can rule the world. Basically, that's it. Yeah, I mean, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> but like, but why? Right? Why do that when he could just kill everybody? Oh well, I guess maybe, maybe actually, let me backtrack a little bit. Maybe so that I think they want to kill her because she's discovered the ninth ray. So I think that's why they need to kill her. But. And obviously, this is assuming if you can travel to other worlds, why not just, like, you can't erase her memory of knowing about the Ninth Ray. Like, you have all this infinite power, but memory erasure isn't one of them. Um, or I don't know, just, I just, I just, I, I don't know why. I just don't know why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's just a lot of stuff that just doesn't work with the villains, especially no, in this movie. It's like, why not, like, have them have an heir that is going to be your ultimate puppet like and he'll be in they'll be indoctrinated to be yeah. like your evil thing i just <sighs> yeah. um yeah so all right so john he's trying to get the 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 tharks to to join his side he goes there hey guess what tars tarkas has been overthrown uh, he's no longer the jedi um, the other guy is, I forget his name. Again, another another character. We saw them have conflict early on. Yeah, like, uh, uh, Tars helped John and Sola escape, especially after it was kind of revealed that Sola's yep. actually his daughter, and yes. that's why he's been kind of giving her all these free passes, which mm -hmm. aren't a lot, because he brands her, and she's been branded, like, multiple times, and he has this yeah. line where, like, there's no more room on your body for brands, so you need to, like, really be careful. Yeah. And, that's why John really em empathizes with her. Um, yeah. I think a lot because I don't know. I feel like he sees a lot of himself maybe in Sola, someone mm -hmm. who is like she's kind of a slave for them. You know what I mean? She's at the bottom of the of the totem pole as far as her people go, and I think he just he feels a little bad for her because he can see the potential in her. Mm -hmm. um, she's not weak. She, if she was weak, she would have died a long time ago. Yeah. Um, he also see, you know, he has that relationship with Tars Tarkas, and then he knew immediately, like, oh, that's his daughter because of the I'm way that father. he treated her. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. It's the father, the like, both, the, which mm -hmm. I kind of like because you don't. Sometimes you don't really see that in movies. It's usually like, oh, I can tell you're a mother because, or were a mother because I was a mother or something like that. It's usually like a maternal part of a story that you see instead of it, and sometimes being like this father kind of a thing because yeah, clearly yeah. there's not a lot of like parenting within this culture it's culture yeah like they grab a baby but then throw it into a nursery and then it's raised by someone who doesn't get her own baby and then the fathers or the mothers really have no it's almost like you know like it takes a village to raise a baby i got that kind of mentality from it um yes but yeah like but for some oh i think maybe tars had some kind of line like she was she's like the only thing that reminds him of her mother or something like mm -hmm. that yeah yeah um, yeah, there's some kind of, and, and you know, again, that's that's probably my favorite, like Sola and Tars Tarkas. That's like my favorite part of this movie for sure. I and know, the dog, they were very compelling. And the dog, yeah, mm -hmm. they were they were the most compelling. I I loved I loved their scenes. Um, but yeah, so Tars has been overthrown, and he's gotten the crap mm -hmm. kicked out of him, and he's kind of fighting for his <laughs> right to live. Um, yeah. When they get and we get an arena battle. Yes, and we get. But I. But at the same time, I'm like, okay, she's literally on her way to get married, and this is probably taking yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> like I was expecting her to already be married by the time they got back. Like, yeah. Okay, wait. First of all, I have to. I have to steal the ship, crash it. Yeah. Um, I did love it when they're like the th Tharks don't fly. <laughs> like, yeah, I love yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
get arrested or get caught, have your talk with TARS, have your fight with TARS, get thrown into the arena. <laughs> like All this stuff. All this stuff. Oh, yeah, it's taking place in five minutes. That, that, that's totally believable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also, like, they, they go to the wrong place. Yep. Right? I think so. so yeah. It, yeah. So, so they go to the wrong place and they're like, oh, no one's there. We got to go to the other place. We, so they got to go to the other city and it's just. Um, so, yeah, in, in this arena battle. So, like, so, you know, this is this is very kind of classic sword and sandal kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. He, John has to fight two white apes with these, like, what? It's like six armed, right? It's like a six. Yeah, it's got, I think it's got like six mm-hmm. limbs and no eyes. Like or anything. It's really like beady, but they got like these, yeah. they can hear and they smell and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because they had kind of mentioned the white apes before earlier in the movie, but I wasn't—I honestly wasn't expecting an actual ape. Um, pardon me, um, but yeah, those are big, big gorillas. <laughs> yeah, so he fights these big gorillas, and of course, look—he's—he's he's like a super—he's like Superman on this planet, and he's—he's he's able to beat them both. Uh, and then he claims the right of challenge, and the other, and then it's like, who will bind with my sword? And everyone's like, yeah, and then. Um, the other guy like jumps at him and, he, and John just cuts his head off. <laughs> yeah, clean off. It's like, yeah, that was pretty good. I didn't like yeah. that. Kind of, we were not supposed to like him. I yeah, love that no. moment for uh, for uh, Sola when she that there's always been that other female Thark who's been like kind of goading her the whole time and treating her like trash, and she just like you know what. I've had enough of you and grabs yes. her and it just throws them both into the arena. Into the arena. Mm-hmm. I was like, Yeah, that was great. girl, that is cold, but I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah. She, she finally was like, you know, I've had enough of you and I'm gonna just kill you. Yeah, yeah. And it's I good to it. see her finally, you know, have that moment, have her moment after yeah. she's just been beat down on like basically the whole film. Yeah, um, beat remember, down on. I like, yeah, it was good. Remember there was that scene when uh uh, Deja and John, they go into the, like the temple, yep. and she's like, "Don't, don't go in the temple. Don't do yeah, it. Don't do it." My people's temple. Like I'm trying to help you, and they just totally ignore her. And then they get caught. She's like, "Yeah, I told you. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna die now because yeah, yeah. and it's your fault. You and there's die. nothing I could do. And I'm frustrated because in my life, that's all that happens to me." I just get the crap kicked out of me and treated like trash. And thank you for being the cause of my ultimate downfall because yeah, yeah. I told you so. And like John is like the limer, just like, oh no, it wasn't her fault. She tried stopping us, and they're like, we don't care. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. You're you're literally on another planet, dude, dealing with a culture that you're really <laughs> insensitive towards, quite mm-hmm. frankly. And <sighs> dude, she even gives him her pet, like Woola is obviously oh. protective of Sola as well and will do what she commands. And she's like, no, he'll, he'll follow you no matter where you go. He'll, he'll protect you just because, because of your association to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it was nice that she got her dues and was able it to totally. like, and like, just, I just still love that moment. She's like, I've had enough of you and I'm going to kill you and I'm not, <laughs> yeah. and you're just a bully and I'm just, I'm done with you, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 scene's really pretty good. Um, so then John goes. Now he's got his plan. He's got his army. He's gonna go and try and break up this wedding. So uh, they go to helium. Now helium, there's no one there, and they're like, "Oh shit! Like, what's going on?" And so he figures out, "Oh, so Zadanga is is gonna um, betray helium at this wedding." And so it's like basically like a red wedding kind of scenario. Yeah. They have the marriage, and then they kill everybody. So um, then, you know, 
John flies there. He breaks up the wedding. There's a big fight, and then the the Tharks show up, and then you know there's yeah. a, there's a big battle ensues, pretty much. So yeah, this scene a lot a lot happened. Um, there was too much happening. There was yeah, way too okay. much happening. Like at least. Okay, so at least in the, the battle in like the two towers, you know, when they're oh god, what's the name of this? Helm's uh, Deep. Helm's Deep. Thank you. The Battle of Helm's Deep is one of the best battle scenes ever because they even have their downtime moments where characters can still communicate and give orders and stuff like that. This was just too much happening at one time. It was just like then the shapeshifter became Deja and then she became John. <laughs> and then became that and it was just can you just pick something? Can you just pick something? Like it was just, it was, yeah, it was just too much. And, yeah, I just, I didn't like it. I just didn't like this final showdown or whatever. And then they just killed the puppet. So They easy. kill the puppet. They just kill him. Like, it's like he's, he, like, he's a puppet, you know? Like, oh, I'll, if you let me live, I'll reveal to you who, what they really are. We know what they are. What more yeah. are you going to reveal that what, why <laughs> would they have told you anything else? Like, when yeah. you were just being used? I don't know what more Sab could have told John that John didn't already know. Like Sab is on a need to know basis. Like this guy, this guy is like the lowest level. <laughs> yeah, like you're middle management, dude. Like nobody's gonna tell you anything. And I've been lower management and I didn't yeah. know any I knew even less than anything. And it's like what we yeah, I just don't know what he could have told him that John wouldn't have already just either figured out for himself or what he just wasn't told by the Thern himself. Yeah, exactly. Himself. I mean, he 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 gave up the whole plan. The whole he gave up the goose. Yeah, I like how told Sam, everything about them. Sam's just totally willing to sing like a canary. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, like, hey man, you know they they got these operations in Florida, man. You know, I'll I'll tell you exactly. They they got the race horses. I'll tell you everything. Can it's you like, give me no, man. protection? <laughs> Like we already know about the racehorses. You're you're useless. Yeah, you're useless. <laughs> yeah. It's like no, um, and, <laughs> Yeah. And then so then I actually like this moment. So then, you know, unfortunately, you know, Mark Strong, Matthias Shang is the name of this thing, gets away. Um, but then John proposes to Deja and she says yes. So I actually did kind of like that. I thought it was I thought it was a sweet moment. I I, per- I didn't. Yeah. I was like, I don't buy it. You've known each other forty eight hours. Like I, <laughs> I almost couldn't believe what I was watching. I was like, amongst the bodies and the gore and the blood. I'm... Let's just get married. Oh, where did you get married? Oh, at a battlefield. <laughs> yeah. So there are these shape shifting aliens, and then. One copied me, and then it copied her, and then we almost killed it. Then it got away. Oh, and then there was the puppet. I killed him, uh, and then I just I, I had to get married after that point. I had to marry her because I love her. Also, I kept waiting for it to not be Deja because they already proved that it can shape shift into her. How do we? How did John know that was the real one? You're just gonna. Tr- I'm gonna trust my trust your feelings, Anakin. <laughs> it's like that's, that's the other problem with the with the shape shifting stuff. Like you gotta you gotta be very like concise with it otherwise we don't know you know like like think of how they did it in like the thing right hmm. um there was always like a build-up and then a payoff and then once the payoff hit we're like oh that's that's it oh, and <laughs> and then but they were they were like trying to defeat the thing um and then we knew the audience knew okay that's the thing now now the suspense is over that's the thing and people are in danger this was just like Dude, they could have popped out of the freaking bowl of cereal. Like, mm-hmm. they, they always just showed up out of nowhere. 
Yeah, and is it just people the therns can imitate, or is it objects as well? Is it, you know, like a T-1000 type thing? Again, that is where Switcheroo worked in the end of T2, when it's like you think it's actually Sarah Connor, but it's really not, because Sarah Connor would never put her son in danger, and that's how you know it's not really her. Yeah, exactly. yeah, this this I was just like, how do you, how can you trust that that's actually Deja? Like, you don't know if that's her yeah. or not. In the chaos that was surrounding them, at any moment they could have just killed her and then taken mm-hmm. over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, okay. So then they're married, they're happy, uh, and then Matai Shang tricks John again and then sends him back to Earth. Yeah, after and John, like immediately after John throws away his throws away his medallion, that's when the Thern it's like the Thern was waiting for him to just be Yeah, like, it's just waiting. Except living here and then throw away the medallion. <laughs> yeah, and then zaps him back to Earth. Zaps him back. Um and so then he wakes up in the cave, you know, he'd been in a little mini coma or whatever. He's in a bunch of dirt. And then, base, so basically, that ends the the story that the Edgar Rice Burroughs character was reading. Um, and he says, "Oh, I kept searching for ten years, and I was trying to find the thorn, thorns on Earth, and I found them, and then I did this thing or whatever." The whole thing was an elaborate trap by John to kill another thorn. Okay, so so here's another problem. Here's another to me major problem with this story. Give it to me. So. <laughs> Who did he, who did John kill when he killed that Thern? Which Thern we was it? We didn't. I don't even think we had seen him yet. We're just supposed to believe it's a Thern. What if it's yeah. like a <laughs> Undertaker or some shit, dude? How do you know? Like, was he just was he always aware he was being watched? And so he mentions in this like in his diary or whatever that his nephew is reading and or his godson or his whatever his familial yeah whatever is, their relation is um, yeah. that um, oh we found it in. off the Orkney Islands or something like that and that there's these there are these portals all over the world but you need a medallion in order to go through the portal okay that's that's fine I think that's kind of neat wouldn't the Thern have known that John was full of crap like I feel like they would have seen him at the portals yeah and what did that guy dig up that made them all so excited? Because clearly they have to know what they're looking for. There has to be some kind of sketches or drawings or whatever that John would have distributed to his workers to know what they were looking for. So he just dug up like a, what did he dig up? <laughs> was it, what was it that tricked the Thern into thinking? And why didn't he just kill John then? Like if you're traveling yeah. in the 1800s mm-hmm. from the Orkney Islands back to the United States, there are weeks. Kill him on the boat. There are weeks, if not months, of opportunity to kill him. Like they didn't have planes. They didn't have they had trains, obviously, at that point. But you still the Orkney Islands are in the middle of the ocean. Yes. Maybe not the middle of the ocean, but off the coast or whatever. But like still, like and that's a dangerous journey. Like yeah. there were so many opportunities to kill him. Like I just he had to fake this elaborate death and trick his poor nephew or whatever yeah my favorite part of it though is by the time you're finished reading this it might be too late then why did you have him yeah it's it's, i I don't like this is the other problem too i don't like this narrative setup with this with them with this whole thing being a a a trap that didn't work for me either no especially if you knew he was being watched by a thern why don't you just shoot him then like yeah they're not impervious to bullets, apparently. Like <laughs> they're impervious to everything else except the bullets. Like, yeah. So here's my here's my problem. So I was re- I was just reading stuff about the plot, just to, like trying to understand what was going on. So I read somewhere 
that the thing that the the thern that he kills in the scene was supposed to be Shane. It was. Yeah, that's at least that's what the plot synopsises have told me. Um, then why didn't it look like him? It that is exactly it. That is exact. Now I think that makes sense as a story. Like, but we don't get. It's not. It's not Mark Strong. Like, if he shot Mark Strong, okay, we at least were like, yeah, he got revenge on that motherfucker, and we're happy. But it wasn't Mark Strong. It was some random dude. It was just some random dude. I feel and, like, if, like after he shot him, he somehow transformed back into Mark Strong. Then we would have been like, oh, he was watching him. Yada yeah. yada yada. But it wasn't. It was just some it random wasn't. guy in a bowler hat. Like yeah, exactly. And it just we don't get we get no satisfaction out of out of that. That's the other problem too. Is like not the the villain is bad. They have all these puppets. We never feel like okay. I'm I'm satisfied that this character got defeated. This this villain got defeated. We never get that. It's 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 just hollow. It's totally hollow. Yeah, and another thing too, John has been gone for a long time, and we don't know how time is if time on Mars is parallel to the time on Earth. I'm assuming it's not, and he just he just is he just goes back with this like optimistic look on his face, as if <laughs> Mars still isn't being run by Therns. He doesn't know what he's gonna find when he goes back. Maybe Deja's dead. Maybe the Tharks are all gone. Maybe they killed each other in their little blood feuds or whatever. Yeah. He has no idea what he is going back. He's going back when enough time has passed to where he has an adult nephew. An adult. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he thinks everything's just going to be... He goes back with this optimistic, everything's going to be great. Like, I know, yeah, he's beaming. He's like, yay! <laughs> like, no, dude, there's probably going to be some issues when you go back because now the Therns have gotten rid of you and they've had all this time to create a new puppet and take over. And that's just... I was just like... It's John suddenly became a moron the last yes. 10 minutes of the movie. Yeah, totally. Super brilliant to begin with. No. But like, are you that naive? You're like 45 now at this point. Uh, yeah, I know. Look, I'm, I'm fine with him. You know, he, he, that was the whole thing with this, his character pretty much. Right. Is that, you know, he was reluctant. He basically couldn't get over his wife and daughter dying. And so he finally, Deja allowed him to, to move on and feel like he can, I don't know, love again or whatever. Um, so, the, you know, it makes sense that he would want to go back to that because he, he finally made the choice to stay there. And then I think they said it was 10 Earth years was how long he'd been away from Mars. But yeah, I mean, things are going to be very different, like you said. Um, and yeah, I mean, if the Therns are still there and if they haven't been able to fight them off, their their whole plan was to just suck the planet dry. <laughs> might get there and there's nothing left there's no planet yeah what if he gets there and like why is he able to breathe on mars too yeah those are things we can't question basically uh, i'm gonna question it like why does he <laughs> breathe on mars? okay maybe i can understand why the why the zadanga and the helium uh, or helium or the tharks can breathe on mars that's their home that is what they've been inhabiting i feel like john's lungs should have probably exploded the second he got there. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Like, if the gravity is affecting the fact that he becomes a superhuman, yeah, maybe, maybe that's why. Maybe because he's become a superhuman, so now it's, I feel like there should have been some kind of like scene where he was like struggling to breathe and his his body had to acclimate to adjust, being there, yeah. not just his jumping abilities. Kind of, kind of like um, Man of Steel, like yeah. when the the Kryptonians 
the other Kryptonians come to Earth and they're like, whoa, what's going on? You know? exactly. Oh, crap. I'm actually another alien being that has been acclimated to another planet's atmosphere and gravity my entire adult life. I'm going to get a little screwed up going to a different planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I didn't really like that. But I guess what well, we wouldn't have a story if John got up to Mars and then his lungs exploded. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there was no like breathing apparatus or nothing like. Yeah, I know there's nothing. I think I think there's some of the books. They're they're actually in a dome. They're actually the Martians live in a dome. Why didn't we have a dome? <laughs> yeah, the dome would have made more sense. Um, like it was a, if it was a dome inside some mountains or something where people couldn't really see it. I don't know, but there. I would have been fine with a dome. <sighs> yeah. Okay. So here uh, here's the big questions we got to ask about this film. Right. So this film was a massive flop. Was this a deserving flop? Was this film terrible or was it just kind of bad and missed the point? Would you say? I think it was just kind of bad because I actually enjoyed watching it. Like I enjoyed it. I have numerous critiques and issues with it, but it was entertaining. It kept me entertained. Um, it had elements that I really enjoyed. The Tharks were my favorite part. Um, I didn't yeah. find any kind of, I think the set design was great. I think the cinematography and, you know, production was very good. I think they used their money well in some points, but it can't come down to story. And the yes. story was, it, I feel like the story made it a, a flop um, on top of the fact that it wasn't marketed properly on top of the fact yes. that nobody knew this movie was coming out. <laughs> and I will, I, I love a lot of what Andrew Stanton has produced, but that was his fault. It is, been said numerous times he did not want to market this movie yeah why he didn't understand he did you know and i don't know how disney let him get away with that either i don't know how nobody stepped in and and was just like actually we need to make a profit Mm -hmm. that is what movies are are ultimately about for studios is a profit and yeah i think throwing some blame his way is is appropriate as well as someone at Disney just not stepping in and being like, like the one time a studio exec needed to step in and they didn't. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know if you read about that situation. So there was basically a turnover at Disney around when this film got greenlit. So a new guy came in and instead of like canceling stuff, he greenlit this in the, (laughs) in the Lone Ranger. Uh, Yeah. Another, another massive flop. Yeah, which I didn't, I don't actually, I think The Lone Ranger was seriously prejudged because I don't hate it. Yeah, I agree with that. It's way too long. It is one movie that is just absolutely, there's so much you could have cut from that movie and it never would have been missed. But I don't hate it. I don't hate the movie. Um, it's also, that film feels very frivolous to me. There's just a lot of scenes where I'm just like, Mm, like there's a scene like they're on a train and just it's just, it's just like everything's blowing up everything's exploding everyone's jumping and, and 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 it's like what the hell i hate that scene because it didn't yeah. show at least in old westerns when they were gonna do a train scene that was a real freaking train that was a real train and real stuntmen on horses who probably would have died there's no there's no suspense or fear for the for army hammer who i still yeah. that's his real name um there's no fear for him because that's clearly a CGI horse. That's clearly a CGI person. I don't, and I don't believe a horse would have survived a jump like that at all. And like the whole, the whole train scene was just absolutely it's ridiculous. It's it ridiculous. Was just, it was just, a, it was a monument to satisfy someone's ego. I feel like, um, is that hubris? Yeah. Hubris. Sounds yeah, it, 
yeah, I feel like that's oh, mm-hmm. the right word to use for a scene like that. It was just so much and it was so bad. And I hate that scene. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, you can spend a lot of budget on that, but like, I, I get, you know, you get no feeling out of it. It's like the, the scenes over, you're like, why do I care about any of this? I don't feel any stakes. Mm-mm. It's not visually interesting. There's everything's fake. It's all fake. And you can feel the fakeness. And it's just like, I got nothing from it. Like, yeah, I think how you described it was perfect. Frivolous. It was very frivolous. And yet there's elements of the movie that I, I do really enjoy. You know, I, I think it has some, some, it has that dark side of it. That's really good. It has a cannibal as your villain, a cannibal. Mm. Like that's kind of creepy. Yeah. That is really In a Disney movie. Having a cannibal as your, as one of your villains. Um, at the end of the day though, like it's kind of flat though. Um, yeah. It's, it's super flat, but I, I didn't, I didn't hate it though. I did. I definitely yeah. didn't hate it, but I do feel a certain way about some of it. Yeah. So yeah, that that's a lot of the problem was like the 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 executive should have killed this film basically, or at least cut the budget substantially. That didn't happen, and so I think they kind of just let him do his thing, and that was disastrous for Disney on a financial level. Because uh, I feel like this was around the time when. So I think Avengers came out the same year. Yeah, I was gonna. I was wondering mm-hmm. what John Carter would have been competing with at the box office when it came out. So this John Carter came out in March, and like the Avengers came out, I think probably like the next month. Mm-hmm. And okay. and I think that that transition had just basically started to happen, where now those were Disney films. Uh, but I feel like that one, I I I really strongly remember that film being distributed. Like when you saw the the stuff come up, it was Paramount. Like the Paramount logo came up uh, for the, for the Avengers film. Um, yeah, so I think there was a lot going on at Disney where they they couldn't they didn't really handle this this thing fell through the cracks. I feel like that's the best way to put it. Um, and you know, so another thing that I think needs to get brought up is is the fact that Andrew Stanton and a lot of these other Brad Bird's another one. They've had trouble transitioning to making live action films. The mm. mediums are, are just too different, and their process that works for creating animated films doesn't really work for live action films. So I, I read somewhere that they reshot like seventy percent of this movie. Yeah, percent <laughs> of the movie in a two and a half hour long film, or maybe not two and a half hours, two hours and some change. Yeah, That's and so to reach. and the reason why is that in the in the animation process they they can tinker with the story kind of dramatically um within and so sometimes they'll they'll basically like they'll even redo whole plot points or story arcs to try and make it better if they feel like something doesn't work like they can like basically i don't know if you say previs or like like create a version of one part of the story and then play it out and see if it works and if it doesn't work they can just scrap it and then just build something else and then if there's a lot of trial and error there's a lot of like you know coming up with different ideas on how to solve story problems and in a film you can't really do that you you get a couple shots at it and you gotta just like make it work otherwise you're just spending tons of money yeah i'm still on the 70 percent reshoot thing that's insane to me i can't (laughs) yeah oh my god uh, another another just to give you another example of this this is something I learned recently. So Brad Bird, he was the guy who did like the Incredibles. Before that, he did the Iron Giant. I mean, these are some incredible 
films, amazing films um, that are animated. So he got, he was, he was um, brought in to do one of the Mission Impossible films. I think that one's Rogue Nation or something like that. Okay. That was another one where he struggled to the point where they brought in Christopher McQuarrie and they brought in like, I think they brought in Christopher McQuarrie and Doug Lehman to basically take over the film from him. I was like ready to snap. Yeah, I don't know. I, I guess that, you know, probably Tom Cruise wasn't happy. And so, you know, he brought in his guys. But, you know, basically the point I'm making is like these Pixar guys, they've had trouble transitioning to doing live action films. And it's not, you know, the being great at, you know, making the Pixar animated film does not translate into the live action film. No, it kind of reminds me of how like silent actors had most of them couldn't transition to doing talkies. You know what yeah. I mean? Like their voice never mattered before because nobody could hear them. And then all of a sudden it's like maybe Rudolph Valentino has a high pitched voice that isn't as masculine as we thought it was. Whoops. Um, but like, yeah, the, it, that's what it kind of reminds me of. I can't, I can imagine that it must be pretty difficult to going from directing something that's animated yeah. that most of it is left to the artist and to the creation of how it's going to look. Um, than to do a live-action $200 million film uh, that takes place on Mars. So, it's like, yeah, I could easily do that in an animated No freaking problem. Maybe John Carter <laughs> would have worked better as an animated film. It Probably, yeah. It might have just worked better. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, get rid of the stupid villains that do nothing in the whole movie, then, yeah, we'll talk. But, yeah, I, I can imagine that it must have been a difficult transition for him as well. You're you're working with live people, take after take after take. You know, it must be very different than working in a it's sound with one person. Mm-hmm. Or like Wally, it's <laughs> or Wally, which is designed for the first like 30, 40 minutes of the film before anything starts talking. Um, and when we do have a little bit of dialogue when they're still on Earth, it's Wally, Eva. Yeah. It's two Eva. words. Yeah, it's yeah. literally two words that are being passed back and forth. It's kind of like the I am Groot. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. saying something, but what is he? He's only saying the same thing. Yeah. What is he saying? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and so to bring up, you know, again, the point I talked about before, I think, I think, so, you know, and it, it it's kind of makes sense that you, we would talk about this and and, talk, and the fact that, you know, the Avengers came out the same year and was way more successful. Like, you know, this is, this is basically a prototype of the superhero story, but it, it came out, you know, it, there's, it doesn't have the same cultural relevance for us, you know? It's just not there. And, and all the predecessors, all the Star Warses and the, you know, the other characters that are sort of in the same vein as, 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 the, as John Carter, we've already, through the cultural osmosis, taken that in. And John Carter's kind of been left in the wayside, right? Yeah, it's kind of like, well, I've already kind of seen it, and I've seen it done better. You know what I mean? So, yeah, like it was kind of like what you were saying earlier. Like sometimes something's cultural relevance, its time has passed, and maybe this was one of those instances where it was kind of just, I don't know, just kind of meh. I think, I think, I think it could have maybe worked if if they had a twenty first century approach where it's like, you know, some person from our current time, they they accidentally go to this place on Mars. It would have to be in a bubble, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, you can't just have some person show up on Mars. It's just not going to work for, it's not going to work for us. Um, but then they, you know, it's like a person they're thrown into this 
this this world where there's a lot of like the sword and sandal stuff, but maybe they have a little bit advanced technology. I think that would have been a better way to go. I yeah, think. or like if it had still been like the maybe he gets there, maybe he's like maybe he finds like a a leftover. Uh, I'm trying to put okay. So let's say it was taking place underground, like in the core of Mars or something like that. He gets zapped there, and he's like, "Oh shit, I can't breathe." But it happens to, by coincidence, of course, be near an old structure that he can that is still breathable, and he can get inside, and he's fine. And something from below realizes, "Hey, something just dropped out of the sky onto our planet. Let's go yeah. see what it is." And that's where maybe something like the Tharks come in. You still have that plot of him being introduced to the Tharks or another civilization, and um, and just take the story from there. Um, I, I think it would have worked. You still could have given him like the veteran background and stuff like that. That is always pretty, pretty compelling to, to um, audiences. Um, still could have given him the past of like losing his wife and kid. Maybe he was, maybe he was uh, stationed overseas or something and something terrible happened to his family and yeah. it's never been the same since. And he's just kind of yeah, a, mm-hmm. a loner um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and is given this second chance, albeit on Mars, but a second chance nonetheless. Um, I think it still could have worked with a 21st century setting instead of this <sighs> very hodgepodge, like the 1800s approach to it. It's mm-hmm. just kind of meh. And that's, you know, th- that is the difficult part of adaptations is like knowing where, where to toe the line and, and how to really bring life into um, a property that sort of needs a pick me up, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think because I, I feel like I know there's something there's something like this that's happened in the last couple of years where it was like probably not something this old because again this is 100 years old but maybe something a little bit maybe 50 60 years old that that people kind of you know brought some life into I, I'd have to think about it more but you know I, I I think adaptation is hard adaptation is really hard and um you know like sometimes you got to make big bold choices and change things yeah. I, I was le- after this movie was over. I was left feeling the same way I felt when I finished watching Abraham Lincoln Vampire Slayer. Yeah, where I was just kind of like, yeah, okay, but why? Yeah, like, it's almost like Abraham Lincoln is like the Mars. Like, hey, I know that there <laughs> there is no civilization on Mars, and I know Abraham Lincoln was not a vampire hunter. That is ridiculous. You know <laughs> what I ridiculous. love. What I love about that film is like there's there's literally one scene where they show him training with it with like an axe or something, right? Yeah, he used an axe, which I actually liked. I didn't mind the axe part, but like that's it. It's like they just show him training, like throwing it, and then he's a master. <laughs> yeah, he's just a master vampire hunter while running a country that's in turmoil. And I'm like, yeah, and you know what? What makes it worse is that I know how it ends for Lincoln. And it's not yeah. great. Like the end scene is him literally going to the to the play. He's going to the yeah, he's going to the play. Yeah. So I just I just fell in love with this very fictional version of Lincoln, and now you're sending him to the play. What the hell? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like hell? this whole thing is alternative history, but it's you just still decide to shoot him in the head. <laughs> like it's still that. Like his friend who was a vampire the whole time too is just like watching him go. I think or something or someone's watching him leave. And they're just like, what a great guy. Bang. It's like, yeah. <laughs> okay. Dumb. <laughs> oh, but yeah, totally. That's, yeah. That's the same way. We're just kind of like, okay, it was entertaining, but you know, it's like, it's bad, right? Yeah. Like, it was kind of entertaining. 
Um, acting was okay. So, so you like Taylor Kitsch in this? Yeah, right? I, I liked him. I mm-hmm. thought he was good. You know, for the role he was playing, and you know the the plot that we were that he was given. I think mm-hmm. he did a decent job. I think he's a he's a fantastic actor. Watch him in something else if you didn't like this, because he he is really really good. And I forgive him for Gambit because that wasn't yeah. his fault. I don't mm-hmm. think that was his fault. I'm tired of blaming actors for like. There's more things that go on for an actor especially early in their career, that they have no control. Taylor Kish is not Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise can literally dictate, or an Edward Norton. They can dictate whatever the frick they want on a set. Absolutely. I'm Tom Absolutely. Cruise, and I know all of where, I know every one of your skeletons. I know all of them. And I can control this. You are not the director. I am the star. It's okay that, he, that Gambit wasn't great. It wasn't his fault. <laughs> it wasn't his fault. Watch other things. He's very good. Yeah, I, I, I do kind of wish that the they could have found a lead 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 woman that kind of created more chemistry. I thought that the character, I think they wrote her okay, but um, yeah, there needed to be a little bit more something there. You know, I feel, oh, yeah, she was, she was she was too much of other female characters from stories like this than her own character. You know, she's brainy, she's brilliant, she's a, she can be she can wield a sword. She also falls. From really high places a lot, um, only to be grabbed. So she's still a damsel, but like, but she's not really a leader. She's not really trying to lead her people. She's just trying to save them, which is fine. Like you can, you can just want to be like that savior thing. But she was too much of an amalgamation of other people, other characters that I like. That it wasn't. She wasn't really her own person at mm-hmm. either. Agreed. There, there was, you know, I feel like the thing. Okay, the things that worked was Tars Tarkas. Yes. Walla and Sola. Yes. Right? That really worked. Those like the Tars Tarkas and John uh John Carter relationship worked. And I think right. what might have worked better is if it hadn't been this stupid feud that I don't even know what the motivation was behind between Helium and Zadanga, you know, freaking Django over here. Um, <laughs> yeah. instead of it being maybe about Zadanga trying to destroy all the tar- the Tharks or something like that. You know, this smaller civil oh why do the tarks have the tharks have guns but helium just has swords they have they have these massive flying ships that have like like blasters and things yeah like that, but they just use swords like <laughs> meanwhile the tharks have got like these muskets yeah they got muskets yeah like they're like they're the british or something <laughs> oh it's been more technologically advanced because i can't tell like one has guns one uses swords but blasters and it's just but yeah, if it had just been about maybe the Tharks being like eradicated from Mars or something, it was like this maybe a I hate to say this, maybe like this genocide plot almost against the Tharks from like the the from the Zadanga or something like that. Maybe that would have felt a little more like the stakes would have been a little bit higher. Especially if like the we get rid of the the conspiracy aliens and instead it's like her dad wants her to marry this guy and they're going to together kill all the tharks and she's like no that's bad Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she's like no and that's why she leaves the wedding and then she meets john and you know the two of them want to do regime change and create a peaceful resolution i feel like and he's already been kind of integrated into the thark society he's become kind of like this hero to them in a way Maybe he destroyed, maybe he still destroys like a Zadanga ship that was going to kill all of them. And they're like, yeah, this guy's, he's fighting for us. And that's awesome. And she gets pulled into that whole plot as well because, hey, genocide is terrible. Um, I feel like yeah. it would have been a more compelling story 
that way instead of two rich people from what I see fighting each other for no reason. You, I, you know, that's a great point. Like, why do we care about this this battle between Zadanga and um, Helium? Why? Like, we don't know. We we don't know why they're we don't know why they're at war. Why are they Why are they fighting each other? Who knows? Exactly. Who knows? Um, and because because the battle predates the you know the 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 whatever the 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 therns showing up and you know doing their plot yeah uh they've been fighting before that they just tipped the scale yeah but we never really get the answer to why the conflict started in the first place no it yeah. was just because they're fighting just care. because yeah like no i have to know why i'm caring i'm not just gonna care because disney's telling me to exactly yeah leave me alone Here's my mind. So, <laughs> yeah, this movie had left a lot to be desired, but I do think, yeah, the there are some good characters in it. There are some sweet moments, and there, you know, the 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 ILM did a good job with the with the special effects. Um, and there's some entertainment value in it. Yeah, a little like bit. I said, I I have things to criticize, but it it did its job in entertaining me. So I guess that that's something. So would you would you ever want to see a sequel? <laughs> <laughs> want or just watch because I want to see how much better or worse it gets. I don't know. I don't know. I really, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I'd, I, like, I'm jonesing for an Alita Battle Angel sequel. But yeah, but not this, right? Not this. Not the, not the, not any, yeah. I think this is one that they, you probably would be good to let it lie. You know, what a lot of people have been talking about a big thing that's been talked about recently with some people is like, is it better to have a adaptation that's a television show or a movie? And you know, what are the pros and cons of each medium? So I feel like this might be something where the merits of a TV show could maybe give us more weight to, you know, the story possibly. Maybe yeah. that would be a better route. And maybe um, focus more on the world building aspect of it and give us some better yeah. villains and at least at least tell me what the therns are. Like you can't just say I'm an immortal being and expect me to just buy it again. It's kind of like you can't expect me to just care because you tell me to. I have to I have to be invested in some way. Yeah. So maybe giving the therns a little bit more of a of a backstory, like a, a real backstory, where yes. it came from and why they are doing all of this. Um, then I would probably, then the TV show element would probably, yes, be a little bit better mm -hmm. in that regards than a franchise. Yeah, this is a tough one. I, I, I think, I think you gotta, I think if they, if they're ever going to do this again, they got to rethink it. They got to, they got to make it for our time period. I think that's the main thing you got to do, whether it be a TV show or a movie. I agree. You got to update it a little bit. The, mm -hmm. the post-Civil War element just doesn't, it doesn't always work. It really doesn't, unless the whole movie is going to be about post-Civil War society but it's not it's just a backdrop of it it's just the starting point yeah I, I like you i like the way you talked about like having the person still be a veteran but like they could be a veteran of like you know the war in iraq or afghanistan or something like that exactly you can still have that element it's still like mm -hmm. i said compelling audiences connect with it um and it's something that i think is still incredibly relevant so yeah yeah Okay. Well, yeah, I think that covers everything. Um, yeah, if anyone you know has comments, they want to let us know what they think of this film or what they think could have been changed or improved, 
Um, there's there's a lot to discuss there, I think. <laughs> I, like we just came up, I think, with like two or three different other ways this movie could have gone that would have, at least we think, would have been better. Yeah. Would I would hope other people have their own ideas of how it could have been a lot better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It probably could be a cool discussion. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, wraps everything up. Was there any other stuff you wanted to talk about with this film? or No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I think we covered all of it, honestly. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Um, I think it was a good discussion because, like, you know, with this, with films like this, there's there's always, like, it's a little more opinionated, right? Like, there's a lot to think about. It's like, why doesn't it work? And sometimes that's a harder question than, like, looking at a masterpiece, you know? Figuring out why something doesn't work is really hard sometimes to puzzle. It is, because, you know? like, if we can talk about a movie like, I don't know, like The Godfather, like, there's so many elements of why it does work, because it's just a good story. It's compelling, regardless of the fact that our main characters are technically the bad guys. Um, yes. It makes us care about this family. Mm-hmm. It still made us care. We still care about the Corleones. We still want to know what happens to them. That's why there's three freaking movies, because we wanted mm-hmm. more. <laughs> we couldn't yeah, leave. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so like, you know, story is a hard thing to, to puzzle out and figure out, but you know, that's the fun part of watching movies, you know? Exactly. When you see that good movie, it just sticks with you. Okay, cool. Well, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody. Um, hope, uh, you enjoyed this episode and, uh, take care and may the force be with you. Live long and prosper.